0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Chicago Bears aren't yet technically locked into Leonard Floyd's $13.2 million salary for 2020. But even if they want to get rid of him, they don't have a ton of great options to replace him easily in free agency. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast. I'm your host Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus and I cover the Chicago Bears for Bears Wire. I'm here to bring you your daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today, we're exploring Leonard Floyd's value to the Chicago Bears while also looking at what options are out there in free agency that might make sense for where Chicago is right now, both in terms of potential starting caliber players and depth additions that could fit in whether Floyd is here or not. As part of Leonard Floyd's rookie contract, the fifth year option of his deal that the Bears accepted last offseason to then kick in for 2020 will have Leonard Floyd cost $13.2 million against the Bears' salary cap for 2020. But the contingency on that deal is that technically that does not trigger to be fully guaranteed until the first day of the new league year, the day free agency opens up next week. And so technically... The Chicago Bears have until then to rescind that fifth-year option, and if they so choose, allow Leonard Floyd to become a free agent. They don't seem to be giving any indication to want to do so at this point, but that 13.2 salary cap number for this year is a hard one for this defense to be able to swallow. As far as outside linebackers go in the NFL, that will make Leonard Floyd the sixth highest-paid outside linebacker in terms of salary cap hit this upcoming season. That is, of course, before we get all of the new free agent deals, so that could likely sort of bump him down a few rungs. But you're left with the Bears with the number one at the position with Khalil Mack and currently the number six and likely to at least sort of be, remain in that top ten. And as a result, the Bears are currently set to contribute over 18% of their salary cap just to Khalil Mack And Leonard Floyd, and that can be a lot for the Bears to have to pay, even especially with Floyd not necessarily producing as a pass rusher the way the team wants. But you may remember immediately after the season was over, Ryan Pace was very complimentary of his former first round pick.
1: We're happy with Leonard. I know the stats don't always say that, but Leonard does a lot of things, Brad, that I think maybe goes a little undervalued. You know, the versatility that he provides, the things he can do in coverage. There aren't a lot of outside linebackers that can provide things. The versatility that he provides. Uh, would we like more production from him yeah would he like that yeah but there's a lot of things that he does that we like as far as his contract you know we're never going to get into those things but we like leonard we're glad he's here um like a lot of our players does he want to play better yeah can he play better yeah and we'll see go for going forward
0: Ryan, you said in september that, that you expected a really big year out of him when we were upstairs on the patio um why do you think his sack production didn't match what you expected
1: it's hard it's you know for him he plays with such a high motor he plays physical he played the run really well this year um he again there's a lot of things in coverage that he does that a lot of outside linebackers in the nfl can't do i think is him just growing as as a pass rusher you know and i think ted monichino does a great job i know that's something they're going to emphasize it's and, and there's a there's a lot of times this year rich where he's so close if you look at his pressures and his hits and his hurries they're up there the sack production not so much Ryan Pace doesn't sound like he's
0: in a hurry to move on from Leonard Floyd this offseason despite the lack of pass rushing productivity and I have to disagree with one of the points Ryan Pace made there sort of referencing that it it isn't all about sacks and that the the pressure numbers behind it are also important and I agree with that concept but I don't think that applies for Leonard Floyd. We absolutely get too caught up in the value of sacks versus those other pressures, but Leonard Floyd has not produced enough in those other pressures over the courses of his four seasons thus far, and it's actually kind of trended in the wrong direction that across his four seasons, his rookie season, he had 36 total pressures In 2017, it was also 36, and then the last two years have each been 39. So 36, 36, 39, and 39. But his number of pass rush snaps in each of those seasons has also gone up. So 267 to 276 to 467 to 442. So in his last two seasons, he's pass rushing 200 more times over the course of the year and only generating three more pressures. That's a very clear decline in the rate that he's getting hurries and hits, in addition to his lack of sacks. So yes, the run defense has been much improved from Leonard Floyd, and he's been able to hold his own in coverage in a way that's been effective. But you pay outside linebackers for their pass rushing ability. Floyd's not getting the sacks. He's also not getting the pressures and the hits, and that makes it really hard to sit on that $13.2 million salary. Like On the open market, he would not be worth $13.2 million right now, But if the Bears were to release him, all of a sudden you have a pretty big hole that you need to fill at outside linebacker. And the Bears are already a little bit low on pass rushing depth right now with some free agent vacancies there. Aaron Lynch set to be a free agent. Isaiah Irving set to be a free agent. And it just generally being a deficiency on the roster. So at this point, Leonard Floyd might just be worth more to the Bears than he would be as a free agent or to any other team. Another part of the problem is that it's just kind of a weird free agent pass rusher group this season, and that's before very many of these guys even re-sign with their own teams. We'll look at some of the Bears' options on both the higher and the lower end next on Locked On Bears regardless of what the Bears choose to do with Leonard Floyd's contract, which could also include a contract extension to try and lower that first-year salary cap hit to free up some room immediately, but add three or four years with some more guaranteed money in there and lock him up with the Bears for a long time. I can't imagine there's necessarily a huge inclination to do that given his lack of proven production at this point. I would imagine they want to see one more solid year from him before they would want to lock that up. And so we'll we'll sort of see where they land on that spectrum. But regardless, if the Bears want to make this defense even better next season, they're going to need a little bit more pass rush with or without Leonard Floyd. I think they need to upgrade Aaron Lynch. He was not a very effective rotational pass rusher this season. And it's kind of a weird free agent market in that regard. That I think you have some really intriguing names at the top in terms of like the really expensive ones that are just going to be out of the Bears' price range, regardless. Jadavion Clowney, Everson Griffin, Dante Fowler, you know Robert Quinn. The list, the list goes on. There's a lot of there, there's a decent crop of those expensive pass rushers this season that's just going to be out of the Bears' price range. But there's not a lot of like middle class, you know, like it's top heavy, but it's not deep in that regard. And I think it's going to be interesting for the Bears to try and navigate if they want to try and find that. Rotational type guy. I think there's a few names that stick out as potential sleeper options, not guys that are necessarily coming off as big guaranteed starters from their last teams, but maybe other rotational guys that could find a little role in Chicago and ultimately produce in a way that fits well with what the Bears are looking for. I think a, a name that I'm keeping an eye on is Carl Nassib from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a former third-round pick by the Cleveland Browns. They ended up waiving him after just a couple of seasons. He was in the starting lineup in Cleveland, but never really produced quite the way they wanted him to. Ended up with the Buccaneers in a little bit more of a rotational role. Still played some pretty heavy snaps and and got some starts under his belt as there were injuries around him at the position. But he picked up, you know, six sacks in each of his last couple of seasons. And I'm not going to get too caught up on the sack numbers with any of these guys. But I think Nassip has been a consistent enough pass rusher. Again, we're not talking about an elite option that's going to instantly solve all of the Bears problems but I think he's a guy that you put in the Bears defense with somebody like Khalil Mack in the room and then also be able to rotate him with Leonard Floyd and kind of keep everybody a little bit fresher and be able to just sort of focus Carl Nassib on rushing the passer and not having to do too much else. He's a little bit of a bigger pass rusher in that regard. I don't know that he's again elite but a solid run defender as well that you can rely on in those areas. Maybe not so much coverage but He's a guy I'd keep an eye on as a, as a younger option to be in that rotation, assuming he doesn't have a, a higher paying job opportunity open up somewhere else. Or how about a real experienced veteran to kind of balance all the young players the Bears were rolling with last year? Vinnie Curry, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, was actually a second round pick by them back in 2012, played there for a long time and then made the jump to Tampa Bay for a season before returning to Philadelphia now again in more of a bench roll rotational spot and his efficiency as a pass rusher really bounced back he had five sacks but he was also just much more consistent I think in that more reserved role and for whatever reason I think being back in Philadelphia helped where he had struggled quite a bit in Tampa Bay again a little bit of a bigger edge rusher type and with a big body but uh, very affordable in that regard he hadn't really uh commanded the big money since leaving Philadelphia the first time I think he played on just like a two and a half million dollar deal last year and that would be just the sort of kind of offer I would love to see him in Chicago I mean he's he is going to be what 32 years old this summer so you're not getting a a long life of shelf life out of Vinnie Curry but again use him on the bench keep the legs fresh, and get him in there as a rotational pass rusher with a lot of experience and just, I think, a little bit more of a consistency that you feel like you can rely on more so than the boomer bust of some of the younger guys. And one other name I'm keeping an eye on this offseason, a guy that I think really started to find his right role last season. How about another Oakland Raiders edge rusher, Benson Mayoa? a guy who I think you know, when he had been with Dallas and Arizona in recent seasons, maybe he, I don't know that he's a guy that's ready for a huge, huge role, but I think last year in Oakland, playing in that rotation, you know, working behind Max Crosby and what they were able to do in Oakland, he he just kind of found the right mix of when to get on the field and pin his ears back and get after the quarterback and, and when to let the bigger guys bang in there and play the running downs, et cetera, et cetera. And it led to Mayoa with a career high seven sacks. And I, I try not to get too caught up in just the sack numbers because those can spike and aren't necessarily super indicative of pass rushing performance, but we've seen his pass rushing efficiency in terms of those hurries and hits steadily improve as his career has gone on, and I think he's starting to really find that comfort zone as a pass rusher, so not that I would expect him to come to Chicago and instantly have another seven sacks off of the bench, but I think he's a guy who could come in and give you a handful in that third outside linebacker role and really just be that affordable, nice, value-depth player. He only made $1.7 million last year in Oakland on a one-year deal. I wouldn't want to pay him a, a lot of money based on his production last season. If another team sees the seven sacks and all of a sudden wants to make him a starter again, by all means, let him. But that's not what I would be doing with him in Chicago. I would slow it down. I would keep him keep him kind of fresh, keep him isolated, have some packages for him, some different stunts and twists to get him and everybody else involved and make him, I think, a, a more exciting and just overall better replacement for somebody like Aaron Lynch in the rotation. And then you can still have the likes of James Vaughters or Isaiah Irving in there as well, but at least I feel like with Benson Mayoa, you have something a little bit more reliable you can fall back on and have him out there in case... Floyd falters or has another injury or Khalil Mack starts to get into one of his slumps. Mayo is a guy who's proven over a couple of different seasons that he can produce sacks. And it's just a matter of finding the right role and seeing how much you can get out of him. So those to me are a little bit more of the affordable, cheaper end of the free agent spectrum for a pass rushing position. But if the Bears really want to go all in and make a little bit more of an upgrade without having to necessarily shut out the big bucks, but maybe get a little bit creative with a couple of veteran options. There's some guys that maybe a little bit more risk involved in these types of deals, but the payoff could be just what this Bears defense needs to get that pass rush really back to elite levels. We'll look at some more bigger names, but not necessarily the most expensive ones. Next, on Locked On Bears. I can't help but feel like Leonard Floyd's pass rushing productivity could even be improved a little bit by having him play fewer snaps overall and just be able to focus a little bit more on the pass rush. He actually played the ninth most snaps of any edge rusher last year in the NFL. Khalil Mack was the seventh most. The Bears, I believe, on a quick glance, were the oh, we're only one of two teams with two pass rushers in the top ten in edge rusher snaps played. I mean. They both played more than either of the Packers' edge rushers. And regardless, like we talked about with some of these other players, if you could rotate Floyd a little bit more and have another higher-quality guy in that third rotation to almost be like a starter to mix with Floyd, I think that could be a really nice mix for this Bears defense. The $13.2 million salary cap number makes that a little bit more difficult to swallow for Floyd. But if the Bears are willing to sort of look by that, there's some options in this free agent market that... I could see having some fun with in terms of there's some high potential here, but there's also some notable risk, which is why they might be a little bit more affordable than your true top-of-the-market pass rushers. I think one that jumped out to me right away that could ultimately price himself out of the Bears market here, depending on how things go, Jason Pierre Paul. Most recently of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you'll remember him from a long, successful career with the New York Giants, before that, and you have to accept that the Jason Pierre Paul you're getting at age 31 is not going to be the same Jason Pierre Paul that you were getting at age 24 and 25 when he was putting up 12 sacks and he had a, a 16 sack season early in his career. But he hasn't his last four seasons have been seven, eight and a half, 12 and a half, and eight and a half sacks. And two of those seasons he missed games, including last year. When he started the season on injured reserve because of a sort of an offseason car accident that injured him, and I th- believe it was prior to that, the, the Buccaneers and Jason Pierre-Paul had negotiated a contract restructuring to build his salary into incentives. And that's exactly the kind of thing I would look to try and recreate again in Chicago. I'm not sure if given his production last season and better health as of now that he might be looking for more of a long-term, bigger deal. But the way it worked with the Buccaneers last season, it was like a base $3 million contract and there was an extra $7.5 million of incentives. So every game he was active, he would get $200,000, which equated to $2 million over the course of his 10-game seasons. And if he played... of the snaps, he got another 200 grand. 75% of the snaps, another 200 grand. And then if he hit eight sacks, he got 500 grand. And if he had hit 10 sacks, they would have thrown on another million dollars. So we ended up hitting quite a few of those benchmarks, not quite the 10 sack season, but that'd be an interesting thing for the Bears to work out with Pierre Paul or maybe another one of these pass rushers as we go through a few of them where you say, okay, we'll give you a certain base salary, you know, three or four million dollars, something respectable. And then if you produce you will get paid. And if you don't produce, then we as a team are protected from investing a bunch of money in a player. Like if, if Pierre-Paul had gotten hurt again during the season, he's not getting those incentives. Or if his production just tailed off because he's getting over 30, he's not getting any of that money. And and so the Buccaneers would have been protected. That would be a great type of a setup for the Bears, rotating him in with Floyd and, and Mack that you can get Pierre-Paul some decent snaps. And if he's getting after the quarterback, he's getting paid. And if he's not, well... That you're safe and you know you you've got him in a role where you don't need him to necessarily dominate but it sure would be nice if you could get that high level pass rush protection from Jason Pierre-Paul but if not JPP I think the same kind of structure would be absolutely perfect for another big name pass rusher with some injury concerns and some real ups and downs Ezekiel Ziggy ansa the former Detroit Lions first round pick he spent the last two se- or he spent last season with the Seattle Seahawks and as you know, through his career with the Lions, in 2015, he had 14 and a half sacks. The next year, it was two sacks. The following year, it was 12 sacks. And then the last two seasons, he's had injuries. But we've seen these sort of like spike up, spike down, spike up, spike down, and then injury, injury the last couple of years. There's obviously a high ceiling there and a low floor there now that he, he'll turn 31 in May. So he's not a guy... I want to invest a bunch of guaranteed money or a long-term deal in. But if you could structure something similar to Jason Pierre-Paul, where you say, you know what, Ziggy, if you go get another twelve sacks, we'll give you, you know, a ten million dollars over the course of the season. But if you give us another two sack season, you're only going to get the three or four that you're guaranteed in the base salary. So, and you know, you can put per game bonuses in there if you can stay healthy. But that would be like the perfect kind of structure for somebody like Ansa, where pay as you go, pay as pay for play, and. And hope that you can get that production that he's been great with. And if you get a dud season, you protect yourself financially with something like that. I think it's hard to get players to agree to that, but Ansa seems like the kind of career arc that's the perfect trajectory for it. And one other name I think we should keep an eye on, mainly for the Chuck Pagano connection edge rusher Jabal Sheard, of course, from the Indianapolis Colts. He and Pagano were together in 2017. And since then, He's still been a starter in that Colts front seven, but I wonder if now, about to turn 31 this offseason, if this will be the year when he doesn't, there's no longer a starting role available for Jabal Sheard around the NFL as teams look to go younger. And I mean, as a pass rusher, his production has never been elite, right? His last three seasons in Indianapolis. sacks, 5.5 sacks, 4.5 sacks. And along with those, he's been able to generate a decent amount of pressure in terms of hits and hurries. The the sacks don't tell the whole story there for Sheard. He's been a better pass rusher than those numbers would tell you, but I just wonder if, as teams look to go younger and more explosive there, if this could be the year that Sheard is ready to go into that rotational role. And a team like Chicago, where he could still play a significant number of snaps, even if he's not the quote-unquote starter, but really be right up in there with that rotation with Leonard Floyd and now come on a little bit more of an affordable deal. I think his last contract with the Colts was three years for $25.5 million, which averaged out to eight and a half a year. I think the bears are not quite prepared to pay a third pass rusher that much, but if he comes down to, you know, four five, maybe 6 million, but even six feels like a little bit much for where the bears stand financially. If you could get sheared to come cheap, to be now more of a bench role but still a significant contributor and reunite with Chuck Pagano, he would be a nice fit, I think, in this Bears outside linebacker rotation. A guy who I think you know holds up pretty well against the run. Hasn't always been asked to do a lot in coverage, so maybe there's some vulnerability there. He was more of a, a, a defensive end edge rusher with, in a 4-3 system for a lot of his career, but I don't think it would be a difficult transition for him. I think he played some outside linebacker, actually, when Pagano was coordinating that defense, but he's been around. You know, He played with the Browns and the Patriots before that. He's played in some different schemes. He's produced as a pass rusher pretty consistently throughout his career, and again, that consistency at the right price, I think, would be a very nice addition to the Chicago Bears outside linebacker room with the lingering questions about Leonard Floyd. Then, of course, there's the NFL draft as another option, which we'll have plenty of time to get into here as we get closer to draft season and more so after free agency. But that's why you need to subscribe to the Locked On Bears podcast to make sure that you're keeping up with all of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. We're going to keep up our free agency previews as this week goes on. we also trying to arrange a guest to come in and join us to talk about another potential Bears quarterback option as well. So plenty of different reasons to keep it locked right here on Locked on Bears. And then once we're in the thick of free agency next week, we'll be keeping you up to date on everything as the news comes in. Every morning, we have your Bears update. And most importantly, you can wake up, turn on the podcast